I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And for those of you who were not listening to the pre-show before we started live, um, we have answered every question you could possibly ever want to know about Love Disc, possibly the most underrated Pokemon in the entire collection, with the exception of um, of Magikarp slash Koi King. I remember when you told me about Love Disc first, and you thought I was joking. Well, it's hard um, not to think someone's joking when they tell you the name of a Pokemon is Love Disc, um, but then it turns out that in fact, no, it very much is real. In a world where Licky Tongue is a thing, Love Disc doesn't seem quite so <coughs> strange, does it, mate? Uh, Licky Tongue uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Have you seen the film Detective Pikachu? What do you think I am? <laughs> well, I, what I enjoyed about that was the the fact that there were so many Pokemon in it, sort of in crowd scenes and stuff. It, I found that very pleasing. Sort of wandering around, minding their own business, just being Pokemon. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was fond of that film. Yeah. I'll tell you something I'm not fond of, though. Yes. Self-service checkouts. Now, this is uh. a very, this is a very Ian and Nate topic to complain about. And <laughs> trust me, if you like hearing Ian and I complain about things that really, in all honesty, don't matter, um, then this is definitely the episode for you. Uh, but according to the Guardian, Booths, the high-end Northern England supermarket chain, uh, said it's going to remove its uh, self-checkouts from the majority of its stores. I think it's got about 30 stores. Um, the managing director, a chap called uh, Nigel Murray, says, we're not great fans of self-checkouts, uh, according to The Grocer, which is a trade publication, in that I actually once lost an award to. At the oh, BSMEs. really? Yeah. So I have respect for it as a publication, but a great disrespect for it uh, as a stealer of awards. Uh, anyway, uh, Murray says, we pride ourselves on great customer service, and you can't do that through a robot. I'll be honest, depends on the robot. Have you been to Japan? I have. You can do a lot with those. Anyway, uh, Booths is believed to be the first in the UK to go back to fully staffing its tills. Um, so it's definitely swimming against the tide machines-wise, as The Guardian put it. Um and the two stores where it's going to keep them uh, is the Lake District. Uh, uh, well, it, it's, they're, they're both in the Lake, Lake District, actually, Windermere and Keswick. Now, fun fact about Keswick. Would you like to guess what it is? Um, it's not pronounced the way Americans probably pronounce it. That's all no, I've I think, got. I think Americans would pronounce it Keswick. Yes, probably. In the, in the same way that we would pronounce it Arkansas. Than <laughs> well, we don't know, do we? Because we're Arkansas. aware that other places exist with pronunciations that are not obvious. Anyway, go on. The best fact about Keswick is the fact that it has the greatest pencil museum one can find globally. That is and so subjective. I don't know how you can claim that. There are pencil museums all over the world right now, snapping pencils in half. I mean, they wouldn't do that, would they? But you know, but they're 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 very angry because they're thinking. That museum's got nothing on our collection of pencils. They are absolutely, you know, uh, like hand in glove with the way of the carbon. 
Like, they are an <laughs> exceptional pencil museum. I think they've actually got the world's largest, record-holding largest functioning pencil, and I've been to it a total of at least two times, possibly thrice, but certainly twice, and it's <sighs> well worth a visit. Anyway, point is, they get a lot of tourists in Keswick and Windermere, not just for the pencil museum, but also because it's the Lake District and there are lots of lakes, um, not to mention all the districts. Could I... Um, well, sorry, go on, carry on. No, please, by all means. Well, I, I was just going to say that, um, and I'm, I'm going to talk to my fellow introverts here, this is another victory for the extroverts, the people who wish to have conversations with other people while they're out and about do, uh, uh, doing their things. Um, you can't interact with another human without sort of saying something, and, in, and not interacting with a person on the checkout is just outright rude, which is why... I was okay with self checkouts. I mean, obviously on Nextdoor, the the uh, the, the app that I use entirely uh, to keep an eye on the local racists is um, is full of people who with uh, who probably speak with uh, that voice that some enthusiasts speak to, and they they make the joke, oh, you know, I don't pay to do my own checkout, blah blah blah. You know, it's uh, your job. You mean like a tough, like a tough. <clears throat> maybe to some maybe to some extent it's like you know i should get a discount for doing this job it's like well no it's really a convenience for you because the idea of a self-checkout is it's for a smaller a smaller shop mainly a basket you just want to throw some things in a bag and get the hell out you know it's not it's not something that you want to you know you want to it's a speed thing right it's not necessarily the best way of checking out but i find if you know what you're doing to some degree and it's not difficult you can get through them nice and quick and not interact with anyone and for me and the rest of the introverts that's a nice thing sometimes um but anyway as as per you know everything the extroverts have won and they want to have a little chat well, apparently the That's reason they're keeping why. them in the Lake District is because they get so many tourists. So um, yes. that's okay. But, they, but the yeah. locals, they don't, they don't need it. And I've heard that Booths is referred to as the Waitrose of the North. Um, <laughs> Shouldn't Waitrose I, be the Waitrose of the North? Well, no, I have a feeling Booths is more of a thing in the... In, in, well, in the there aren't any down here. Yes, that's correct. Counties. And I, I mean, they probably refer to Waitrose as the Booths of the South, but it's it's as broad as it's long, uh, unlike the British Isles, which is significantly longer than it is wide. Um, so the thing is, is this a start of a trend, do you think? Um, because I sort of thought we were moving towards the idea of having no people or self-checkouts and just actually everything was going to be you know, monitored by camera. And you just sort of walk out with what you need and the uh, the cloud bills you. Luna Lovegood in chat has just dropped a bombshell that says that it makes Waitrose look down market. Now, I'm sorry, but this is an outrage and I will not really? allow it to stand. Well, I don't know because I've never been in the booths. I'm sure it's delightful. Uh, but I just wanted to sort of do a little bit of standing up for Waitrose. Um, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know okay. why. Waitrose makes me laugh because it's the only place I've ever been that declares smoked salmon as an essential. <laughs> yes, that's fair. And if that is if that if that is down market compared to booths, then goodness only knows well, what they might that's, that's their, their actually, hummus I, as and their I would quinoa. say that's that's good. I would prefer supermarkets were like booths and waitrose and that they're produce was good although i have to say i think of re- recent years waitrose has gone downhill um so yes anyway well it's sort of it's done like mns used to feel like the upmarket choice and whenever i walk into an mns now it feels like a slightly better tesco 
whereas <laughs> whereas Waitrose feels like what M&S used to be, and perhaps Booths. And I like you, Ian. I've never I've never been in one. Um, maybe that is what the Waitrose used to feel like. I don't know. I tell you what. Any supermarket that doesn't do this awful, awful thing of offering you a loyalty card price. I've seen this in, it happens in Tesco and it happens in Sainsbury's. Uh, You are presented with a product that is cheaper if you have a club card. I am outraged by this and I think it is grotesque. Uh, And I will not be forced to give up my personal data just for the sake of a discount and sometimes they're big discounts i took a picture the other day and i can't remember what it was it was outrageous um it, what it wants me makes me want to do is um i think people should share their club cards and i know that people on reddit were doing it they were sharing their uh barcode so you could still get the discounts they would get the points which to me seemed kind of brilliant because i'm then not being absolute- tracked absolute genius the data the data that they're getting from that customer isn't accurate anymore so therefore ha ha, ha, ha you we all know how i feel about upsetting the data pool um so you know that that for me uh it is a good idea i think i think people should do that more often but it, it disgusts me and it is capitalizing on people's need to save money frankly especially at the moment where you know we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis and people will be forced to take a loyalty card the reverse of what that should mean because they need the cheaper prices it's an outrage should we create a text message membership card system where <laughs> we we all collectively share the same barcode it's not and, a bad idea actually and then and, maybe and we, we could do, donate the points to a uh, food bank or something yeah that's a, that's a good question probably probably, probably, probably return to that at some point 100 percent against the terms and conditions of the loyalty card scheme i would say and probably incredibly easy to put a stop to because you know geographically people will be popping up in Scotland, in Wales, in England, and they'd be like, hold on, this is one customer. Yeah. Well, it, feels, it certainly feels like it's worth a try. Um, but at least to put a lid on the previous story, I think it's safe to say that we haven't really concluded that, uh, but we don't necessarily like self-checkouts. Um, no, not really. I think I think they I think they like um like Kate said in the chat, you know, that uh, it, it it they serve a purpose. It for me, it's about speed and not having to interact with people. It's not that I hate interacting with people. I am an introvert. Uh but I sometimes I'm just not in the mood for it. And it also why tie some up, someone up when they could be helping someone who's maybe older and doesn't have quite the mobility and could, you know, they can benefit from using a proper checkout. I think the problem has always been it's cheaper to run a self-checkout so they can get rid of staff. They shouldn't be doing that. Anyway, uh, yes, let's hope it doesn't become a thing. I found something on 9to5Mac that surprised me. Apparently, Apple's been promoting the fact that the UK has access to an iPhone feature that the US hasn't yet, specifically ah. the, app, the Apple Pay card balance thing. Basically, it lets you connect your current account uh, what the uh, American listeners will will call a checking account to uh, to the Apple Wallet, so you can see your available balances and things in the app rather than needing to use your bank's app. Now, this I had to look this up because this genuinely was a complete uh, eye opener for me. This is how Apple describes it: a new feature is available for Apple Pay users in the UK, enabling mm. them to connect their accounts to eligible debit and credit cards in wallet and conveniently view and access the most useful relevant information like up-to-date debit card balance at the time of purchase 
This feature empowers users to make more informed purchases, increases their confidence when making a transaction, and allows them to simply view frequent information so they have more control when it comes to their finances. Now, I'm going to put to one side the very obvious reasons not to do this, i.e. why would you want to enable access to your bank account and, and things if you don't actually need to, but I generally quite like these sorts of features because I have this general fear of opening credit card and bank account balances and so I tend to go great periods of time without ever checking it and then in my head I have less money or have been more robbed than uh, than actually I have it's sort of that Schrodinger's cat problem if I don't check it then everything is just as likely to be great as it is terrible but my inherent negativity makes me assume that actually the worst has happened and I just don't want to face it so having the, the data just generally front of mind all the time probably helps reduce that stress and I feel that for me is a worthy uh, a worthy trade-off but I did not know that this thing was a feature at all and it first rolled out in a kind of a beta form with a couple of banks while we were off air um, but as of this week there are now 10 banks and finance companies on board including basically the major high street banks and some of the uh, so-called neo banks although they seem to be um, pretty established these days uh, Halifax is one uh, bank that I have an account with so I connected it and it actually works exactly like you would imagine it's very simple uh, and it just allows me to see my balance and recent purchases but in more detail than you would just get if you connect your credit card where it just shows you the last transaction or, or something like that and the reason that this is possible is because we have this system here called open banking, which is basically like an API for banks that was mandated. And so it connects your real-time banking info with other apps and even other banks um, and makes stuff like this possible for things like Apple Pay. And there's no reason this isn't possible on, on Android or any other app as well. But um, having it here in my pocket is pretty handy. I thought it was quite cool. Yes, Um Open banking is great. It is only information, by the way. <clears throat> so it's not, it, you're not basically giving Apple access to your bank account. It's a, it's, a, it's a data flow thing only, which is quite good. But there are also lots of people using these things that for, there are other uses, um, like for example, there are a couple of apps that will um, look at your spending over the month and give you a breakdown of where you're spending money and uh, and how and enable you to get your, expenditure under control somewhat uh they're not, not always brilliant uh they tend to need a little bit of hand holding to explain to them what some transactions are um but yeah uh the open banking is great it's a wonderful idea and there should be absolutely more of it because it's it takes that quite closed environment and enables you to for example you could see all of your bank accounts in your main bank account so for example if you're a NatWest customer you can add your monzo account to your NatWest app so you can keep an eye on all of your money um, no matter what you're using which I think is a really nice service in fact Monzo even allows me to see my mortgage uh, how much is left how much I've paid and uh, other bits of data about it including the interest rate which is handy because the only other way to do that is to um, go and get uh, the, the statement thing so that's quite good you know, it is a, it think, is a really useful service. Yeah. Um, Richard Taylor in, um, in in our live chat says Monzo is, is one of these banks. I do remember seeing that. Um, Mike asks, isn't open banking how a lot of the credit score apps work? Yes, I believe that is the case. I believe, I believe so. Yes. 
So this is interesting. Worth a try if anyone is curious about it. Um, I had no idea it was a thing and discovered it is a thing. And I like things. Ian likes things too. I do. And I really like open banking. I think it's great. Um, if anyone's using one of these services for other other things than just the very basic checking your balance, I'd love to hear some examples. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Let us know if you've got a interesting use case behind it. We always love to hear those sorts of things. Hello at UKTechShow.com. That's the email address. I said it twice. Um, so... This was inevitable, Nate, but uh, in some ways at least. But Apple it will adopt RCS messaging. Until <gasps> now, I know. Until now, Apple's messaging uh, app either used iMessage or SMS slash regular MMS. You know, the vaguely graphical bolt-on to SMS that appeared. When was it? Like the 90s? Maybe later? 90s, uh, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah. It allowed you to send pictures, which at the time was a great novelty, um, although they weren't very good. But then the cameras weren't very good on phones back then, uh, if they had them at all. Anyway, the change will happen next year, 2024, and it's quite likely at least something to do with the EU's rules within the Digital Markets Act. Apple's compliance may keep the wolves from the door, as Google had previously asked the EU to make iMessage a core service. If that approach had worked, it would be it would force Apple to make the app compatible with any messaging service, which I think I'm right in saying would not be of interest to Apple. But it would mean you'd get like you'd be able to exchange messages with WhatsApp, for example. Anyway, RCS stands for Rich Communications Services. Um, and it's basically an evolution of MMS, which allows the functionality, you know, like proper rich multimedia uh, typing indications, for example, reactions, uh, read receipts, that kind of thing. Uh, of course, there's no way to actually know what bits of this Apple will end up implementing. For example, I could see it showing iMessage users a typing notification from people using RCS, but I wonder if it would allow that reverse exchange from iMessage to RCS I suspect not anyway in America this 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 whole thing causes great cultural divide because uh, those with Android devices are seen as irksome um, and it prevents group chats from working uh, in quite the same way that iMessage groups do um, Americans in spite of literally inventing WhatsApp refuse to use it for some reason um, and this has led to what I would describe as quite a lot of whinging um, and the blue bubble, green bubble problem, which uh, is sometimes a, a legit legitimately a source of bullying if the internet is to be believed. Um, Google's been on about this for ages. It's asked Apple to support RCS. It's asked the EU to force Apple to support RCS. Uh, but it's a bit more complicated than that because although it was originally developed by an industry group and now managed by GSMA, Google pushed it but mobile operators haven't shown any great interest. In fact, I found some stories on The Verge about this. When the Pixel 3a came out, uh, you could buy it on providers that didn't have an RCS service, so you couldn't use the messaging on it. Um, in the end, Google got around that by setting up its own system. Um, but Wikipedia, interestingly, says that 5G makes RCS mandatory. But I can't quite get to the bottom of exactly what that means. I, it, it suggests that um, mobile networks must operate uh, an RCS service, but I haven't seen any evidence of that. 
Um, and apparently three uh, do have an RCS system, but I have long left three. Anyway, uh, Google ended up building encryption into its messaging service after Amnesty International criticized the company's contempt for the security of its users. Uh, later, Google then developed its own service uh, to get around the lack of telecom support, uh, making its messaging service consistent across the world. Uh, so it's unclear if Apple will end up doing the same, making its own service to facilitate RCS, uh, or if there's some sort of other plan. Nate, I'm keen to hear if you've got any insights into this. I think that's an excellent summary um, of of the situation. And really what this what it all boils boils down to is Apple conceding that only having iMessage or basic texting or forcing people to use another app just isn't going to work long term and conceding now to adopting something in the middle is better in the long run i don't see this as being the death of iMessage and some people have said oh you know this is the end of iMessage because once apple gets on board and and you have something that's built into the operating system and it's supported at the network level like sms was and like things like email are then there's no need to go to anything else and i don't agree with that i think that I, I imagine that whatever Apple does, it will be kind of a middle ground. You know, there'll be the basic SMS, which will be kind of like the absolute most basic essential way of getting certain communications out there in the same way that you've also now got things like the satellite messaging function mm. um, for, for when you're out of cellular service. Um, and then you've got, S, you've got RCS as kind of like a little bit better. And Apple is artful in saying you know we've got this thing that's a bit better but really you know we're doing that as a, as a courtesy but you should be using iMessage and iMessage will continue to be pushed hard it will always be defaulted to if you go into the text messaging app there's no way they'll do anything separate um, and they will still push it incredibly hard but the the proof in the in the pudding will be whether people actually carry on choosing to use iMessage or turn it off because at the moment it's still off ah, they're not going to do that are they well, I don't know. Not maybe not in 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 the US, but as you said, this is this is an issue that is this is a global a global thing. And if you go to Asia, you know, WhatsApp is nowhere near as popular as it is in Europe because there are alternatives out there like WeChat and as you yeah, say but in not the US. Open systems, are they? So, yes, no, I mean I I totally get what you mean. There are people using separate messaging apps, but yeah, even so. Um so I don't I, I feel like this in, in some ways could be a way of Apple saying it's privacy focused in a way that benefits it more than allowing RCS hinders its uh, spreading of iMessage because it can say, look, we've in, we've implemented something that, that if, if, if you if you have to, if you have to text someone on Android, heaven forbid, then we've given you a service that encrypts it. And, and keeps you secure. And that's how Apple will pitch it. Yeah. In, I, I, I reckon. I, they will pitch it as if you can't use iMessage because for some reason some people out there just cannot get great jobs and afford a thousand pound phone, then at least you've got this feature that will allow you to, you know, securely message them. And that's how they'll that's how they'll pitch it. But they'll still push iMessage and it's not gonna slow down any adoption of, of, of WhatsApp or signals or any of the other messaging services out there it's going to be pushed as almost a favor to users rather than a concession i, yeah. I think and, and 
quite possibly and i mean it will it will at least allow android users to be better integrated into group chats which if we're honest isn't re- doesn't really go against apple's interests like interconnectivity even though it isn't on their devices is still useful to their customers um so they they should you know i'm sure they are aware of that like it might not be something that benefits them directly i'm fascinated on how the how the back end of this is going to work because i know that part of the resistance was that google had had to develop its own system because mobile networks were just disinterested in it really you would pref- well i'd say you'd prefer it actually but i probably wouldn't prefer it if like ee or vodafone or whatever had their own rcs service i would I kind of think it's probably better left with not the telecoms operators because they can more easily be reached by the government, frankly. Anyway, that's a little bit of a paranoid tinfoil hat approach to take to it. But anyway. You know I, what, though? I, I, I don't think, and this goes back to your original introduction here, um, about the blue bubble, um, green bubble thing. I yeah. can't see this being an end to that. I not still really. reckon Apple... Like, if you look, Apple it can be really bloody petty on a lot of this stuff and if you use if you use a mac and you connect to a certain certain types of windows network devices the little thumbnail icon that shows up for those connections is a (laughs) old school crt monitor with a blue screen of death you know the old windows 98 um nxp sort of crashing screen that still to this day is the icon that apple uses for, yeah, for but some you, of those you, connections. But they're all like it. Google is the worst for this kind of pettiness. And and Samsung does it too. And nothing. They've all been having a little pop at Apple about RCS. Um, meanwhile, it's, you know, it's the whole, we'll let, Go- we'll, get, we'll let Apple take the flack for removing the headphone jack and then we'll all do it. We'll let Apple take the flack for taking a charger uh, out of the box and we'll, and then we'll do it. You know, it's, they're all petty. It's pathetic. That you know, they, I, these seem like children, not corporations. I, I feel like Apple's the pettiest, though, because that has been in the in in macOS and OS ten for years, years and years and years and years. They've shown up as blue screen of deaths. No one's even using CRT screens. There are still blue screens of death. <laughs> Why not update it to at least a flat screen? No, it's an old CRT with an old blue screen of death. It's petty. It's stupid. It is quite funny, though. Well, this was part of this was my. You reminded me then talking about that. Well, you know why? Why would they spend money upgrading that icon? You know when it's oh the sixteen by sixteen pixel icon. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. it's probably thirty two by thirty two pixels now, isn't it? Well, I yeah, but they it. they still have to pay someone to do that. Um, but my point here really was, <clears throat> Apple doesn't particularly want to support RCS. Is it going to invest in that as a platform because it's because it feels like it's the only way to secure the data? So, we're, you know, I, because I still, having read about it for like 45 minutes, still don't actually quite understand the ins and outs of it. If there's anyone listening that does, please do drop us an email because I would be quite interested in knowing because the way I see it is this is not, um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Like Google had to set up its own service. So will Apple be setting up its own service? How does that interaction work? You know, what, what happens if the... Uh, mobile networks then all, d- all have a bolt like bolt of lightning and decide that they have to support it because then they've got control of that particular bit of data again um, well i have to i have to well, one thing i will say is I, I know for a fact that uh friend of the show friend of ours tom Merritt, did an episode of his ah. other show know a little more about rcs and i oh, remember right. that uh, it was quite a while ago um maybe um 
yet maybe we should uh, we should should recirculate that or we should yeah. we should have asked him in advance if we could play a, an excerpt or or republish it or something well but, you could uh, always put we'll, a link to it in the show i was gonna notes. say we'll, we'll we'll put a link we'll put a link to that in in the show notes um if uh, if people do want to know a little more but i think this is a good thing um it's not gonna be the end of iMessage it's not gonna be the end of whatsapp or anything like that it will still remain a blue bubble green bubble debate in which case what's been solved who knows not a great well deal. it's solved something for apple i maintain the fact that it's only done this because it's it's preferable to being forced to open iMessage good solution okay well hello at uktechshow.com that is where you can send us a nice unencrypted plain text email <laughs> uh, interceptable by anyone uh, and if you have an opinion on rcs or any updates therein do let us know on we will never there. ask you for your password in an email no, and but please consider the planet before printing the email you sent. <laughs> I'd like to quickly thank patrons for supporting us. These include the lovely, most attractive of all podcast listeners. People like Richard Taylor, like Nick Gassman and Mike, you know, Charlotte. Really the top quality people in the world they get to listen live they get the back catalog on demand they get ad free they get extended versions all that good stuff and they get that by starting their journey at patreon.com forward slash uk tech and if you're one of those people not only will you be much more successful in life than other people uh, but you're going to hear this third discussion story which all began when i got very angry in a car park in suffolk <laughs> Well, we just had a riveting, dare I say, um, livid conversation about the irksome nature of parking in Britain. Um, patrons will get that, of course, if you wish to uh, become a patron and get that rant and all of its various outtakes. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash UK tech, where you can also get the back catalogue. Now, we move into a piece of feedback and normally we get emails from people who like us but today we get to journey into uh, an email from someone who doesn't like us and i presume has stopped listening to us um at least if they haven't stopped then i'm not quite sure why anyway uh, this comes in from a, a gentleman called mark who says hello ian and nate starts off quite well mm. i just listened to your latest episode 316 and heard you talk about how you are grieved by ads and tracking I'm not sure if you had your tongues in your cheeks or some other place, I won't speculate on, but it came across as extremely hypocritical considering your show is ad-supported. The Apple Podcast version was sandwiched between two obnoxiously targeted advertisements which used tracking to try and determine my approximate location and interests. Maybe you should practice what you preach, use your salaried employment to subsidise your podcast, or maybe just do it for the philanthropic self-gratification of hearing yourselves talk. <laughs> I like that. That's a really good smackdown. Kind regards, Mark. Yeah, it is good. Um, it's exactly <laughs> the kind of thing I would have uh, thought and said to somebody as well. Uh, but, but using my inside voice, I probably wouldn't have emailed them. Uh, to say that which maybe i mean i think there have definitely been points in our lives where we would have done it i think it's probably it's good that you've read this because it is worth pointing out that we we accept that there are ads on the show they aren't our ads um i mean there is a theory that they pay some money but it's not 
well, huge they're there sums to support of cash. The, the publisher, our money comes from Patreon. Absolutely. And um, and I would say that using our salary jobs, well, to be honest, it takes about six to eight hours a week to do the podcast and um people like to support us and frankly if we didn't have patreon we wouldn't be doing it it is part of our jobs so i don't see why we shouldn't get um paid for the time it takes to do it even if we do enjoy doing it which we do um we sure do but but point taken i think you know there haven't it hasn't always been like this right i mean it didn't immediately turn into a show where there were people subscribing like that's years of your hard labor isn't it to turn it into something where people actually want to pay to listen and well, it, as you said it's it's a cast that makes money off this show not you know that the advertising that is yeah i mean it came from a, a survey that we did years ago where we asked people what they wanted and the top two requests um from the survey of several hundred people who responded was one was make the show longer and one was let us pay you so we set up Patreon to do a longer version of the show that people paid us for, and that's why we did it. Um, but anyway, point is, we could probably have been slightly more aware of the ads. Um, can't deny that. But uh, anyway. And you don't get flogged a mattress, <laughs> let's be honest as well. Like, the, the podcast I listen to, I, no I, I think we're doing okay, given that, you know, there are not, a, you know, a GoDaddy advert and a mattress advert and a better help advert and whatever they were called anyway as i say i, I don't even know what ads are on there for, for all i know they could be great they could be terrible they're nothing to do with us um and if you've heard an ad trust me i don't endorse nor not endorse them uh, in fact i couldn't care less so there you go. <laughs> no i mean it's really nothing if we literally have no control over it do we apart from you are able to set some things like you don't there's no gambling ads for example right uh that rings a bell yeah yeah there was definitely i remember talking to you about it there was there was some things that you had excluded um so anyway i hope the rest of the show was um pleasing to mark um and between the sarcasm and the snark point taken um but that will do if you would like to email us feedback sorry carry on can't all be positive no no no. you learn more from the negative in a way yeah, I think so. I've learned all my best mistakes in life as a result of screwing something up, just not quite badly enough to get either fired or killed. So, <laughs> so this this is another one. Um, so thanks for that, Mark, and point taken. Um, that will do it, I think. Um, if anyone would like to support us, of course, you know how to do that. If you would like to support us for free, the best way to do that is to leave a review uh, in Apple Podcasts or leave us a star on Spotify. That's the I best way to get us. for ages, actually, to, to see um, anymore. Oh, we're still rocking a 4.8 out of 5 That's average. That's pretty good. Which is, which, is, which, is, which is pretty good. I mean, anything uh, involving me that gets 4.8 is way ahead of the curve, to be honest. Yeah, I mean that's that's higher than I rate our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, mate. You're a solid. No, five. no that's hilarious. Don't don't uh, apologise. That uh, that's the kind of uh, hilarity a, I enjoy. You're a, you're a solid five, mate. Solid five. Thanks. As are all of our listeners. Um, Out of ten, we will we will see you all <laughs> in a week's time. Have a lovely week, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 